0: that
1: Popular and prolific Ukrainian folk group called Express with a traditional Ukrainian tango, Hutsulaksenia. Dobrý večer, širokostvější rádio, souhlasíte, vítávám všich na rádio předáčující holos rádio křižskou Hokurinjá, které rád požádám na bádatovější rádio stánce, AM 19.20, CHM by umístiten kouři, i pomárejí PCJ rádio Míj naroďnemu. Hello there, and welcome to Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Temchek-McQuarrie, pokrynska and I'm delighted to have you with me. We've got a great program lined up for you. We have an interview with Natalia Feruschak, who is the director of of Communications for the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, which sponsors our series Ukrainian Jewish Heritage and she'll be telling us all about a brand new literary prize that they've just introduced. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest and great Ukrainian music and coming up next a song for the times, Yikale Kozakia by Tin Sonseh, translates as Riding Cossacks. (laughs)
3: I will. Like, don't sing it too serious. I won't. Flowers, but not a I'm busy undercover, to thought I'd to show to take her on a date. I am at the cause, she won't be home too late, I am at the cause, she won't
4: be home too
3: late. me, why Short why you я ja please give me a call, мені відповідає, I won't be going to fall, чи I want to see her soon. Я ja, the she looks like a raccoon. бачу, ja, she
5: looks like a raccoon. ти Що мене
3: чому бога, буде Mene, je, ja voha, pešo, with all the guys, she says it's all lights ja baby I love you me and i kaže, with you me and with you what am i to do Się feeling also blue. na flowers flowers Mother,
5: ти
1: Pocolina from Toronto and a song called Why is Life Like That and that uh, is, that number was from the archives of the Nasholus Lo- Music Library that goes back, that's a song that goes back Oh, well, the album goes back, I think, to about the 1980s, and certainly it got an awful lot of airplay on the first incarnation of Nash Holos back in the 1990s. And since this is our 30th year since the show went first went on the air, it'll be Digging into the archives a fair bit and um, taking some trips down memory lane. And um, if you were around and listening at that time, I hope you'll enjoy those trips with me. And if not, you might enjoy hearing stuff that uh, goes back that far. Amazing when I think about it. The time just flew by. At any rate, here is another song from those times, uh, very popular in the 1990s, and this is a song that came out just before Ukrainian independence uh, during those times of Glasnost and um, maybe even leading up when there was an awful lot of unrest and the Soviet Union was falling apart. This is a song by uh, what was then a punk musician. It sounds kind of mainstream now when I, <laughs> when I listen. But at the time, she was quite um, revolutionary, or maybe counter-revolutionary. Not sure what term they would have used at any rate. It was indicative of the times, the unrest, and with a theme that very much applies to the Kremlin today. The song is by Vika from a live recording It is called Hanba, shame. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now. Brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. Last December, the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter announced a new initiative called Encounter, the Ukrainian Jewish Literary Prize. This prize is dedicated to literary works that explore aspects of the Ukrainian Jewish experience. The award is funded by UJE with the support of the Book Forum, Ukraine's oldest literary festival, and the Ukrainian Book Institute. Natalia Fedeschak is Director of Communications for the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, and she joins us now via Skype from Ukraine to tell us about this exciting new initiative. So Natalia, welcome back to Nash Holos. Thank you. So what a great initiative to recognize authors and book publishers. Given your role representing UJE at book fairs, and we talked about this uh, last time we spoke, um, I suspect you may have had a hand in the creation of this literary award?
6: Uh, Well, yes. When I started with uh, UJE a number of years ago, this is an organization that now has been um, around for over a decade, and, uh, you know, th- to have a book award is a way not only of uh, promoting an organization, but it is a way of promoting a dialogue, and I, you know, having, having read books my whole life, thought, what a wonderful way to sort of move the dialogue forward, the Ukrainian-Jewish dialogue, the conversation forward through a book award. And, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to meet with many individuals who had multiple roles in creating book awards or judging book awards. Mm -hmm. And uh, thankfully, based on all of these conversations, we were able to come up with a concept that would make the realization of this award uh, possible. And I'm very glad and grateful to the board uh, to have signed off on this. And so now we're you know hard at work promoting it here in Ukraine mm-hmm. and it's been an interesting experience so far because this is the first time that I've been involved in anything like this but I, we're very lucky because we have very good partners you know who have have uh, dealt with books for a lifetime almost so so let's
1: let's well, talk let's talk about these partners then Natalia the first one i guess was is the Book Forum. Now, is this the one that you were telling us about that organizes the uh, book fair in Lviv?
6: Yes. It's, uh, it's a non-profit. The Publishers Forum is Ukraine's oldest literary festival. I mean, they have a children's festival, but their very big event uh, comes every September. And, you know, the, the, the Lviv Book Forum has now become one of the premier... European literary festivals, and you know they really began from initiative <coughs> that was started by Olexandr Koval and Andriy Pavlischen, and it has grown exponentially. And every September, the the book fair in Lviv essentially overtakes the city, and uh, Lviv is now known as the city of books. And uh, so this book fair is magnificent not only in its outreach in the city but the fact that we hear so many different voices from so many different authors not only from ukraine but abroad and so they are an natural partner for us because we have worked with them for a number of years and and Alexander Kovalin, and both andre Publication, i've known for a number of years and andre Publication actually is our curator for the program that we have at the Lviv Book Fair annually.
1: I see. And the Ukrainian Institute of Books?
6: The Ukrainian Institute of Books is a newer body that was established in 2016. Alexander Kubal heads that uh, institute. And they're really, they're sort of a resource, an informational resource, you know, somebody that we can look to for guidance where it's necessary as well.
1: So, Andrei Pavlishtin and Oleksandr Koval, have they been involved with book prizes before, literary awards?
6: Oh, yes. I mean, the Lviv Book Forum, every year they have had a prize of the forum. So, you know, these are people who are very well versed in Ukrainian literature and literary awards. We are also very lucky that we are working with Andrei Kurkov, who is really one of Ukraine's leading writers. He's probably Ukraine's most widely translated writer. His uh, books have appeared in 33 languages and he will uh, actually, uh, we will be announcing it soon, but he's going to be the head of the jury for this uh, first prize. He was a a judge at the Booker prize in the UK. And so he is a person who knows a lot about book awards and literature, and you know how do you do outreach sort of on an international level?
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean that that is a question there, as far as the eligibility of the writers. Um, is it um, for writers in, in Ukraine, like citizens or residents of Ukraine?
6: No. The the book award. There was a lot of talk. How do you, you know, how do you go about having what is essentially a Ukrainian prize, but one that also has an international impact or an international component. But we came to the decision that the books must be published in Ukraine. But the the writers don't have to be Ukrainian citizens. Okay. Uh, you need to have a point of of reference in a way. And so, while this book prize does look at a fairly narrow topic, which is the Ukrainian Jewish uh, relationship, the dialogue, uh, you know, we've cast a very wide net. It is the first year of the prize, and yet have to begin someplace. So the guidelines are available on the UJE website, both in Ukrainian and in English, uh, but. You know, the fact that the books have to be in the Ukrainian language and published in Ukraine is an important component. Priority will be given to original Ukrainian language works, but it's also uh, important to look at those translated works that have appeared in the Ukrainian language, because what you see in Ukraine is that you do see translations of of books from other languages. And so this then opens uh, the prize to a much wider um, authorship, one could say.
1: I see. Okay, so if a Canadian writer or a, someone in Canada the United States, the UK, Israel, writes a book in a non-Ukrainian language, how would they then go yeah. about getting it? If, if it becomes translated into Ukrainian, then they can enter it into this prize.
6: Yes. Yeah, so they, I mean, their books, if they deal with the Ukrainian Jewish topic, and it's published by uh Ukrainian publisher in Ukraine, then yes, their books would be uh, eligible for this prize. The people who can apply or who can submit books are publishers and you have publishers associations. Um, it's an it's a more narrow group of individuals because, uh, again, there was you have to create some sort of um, in you know, order in all of this, and so it was decided, particularly in the Ukrainian experience, let's have publishers or these associations uh, submit the, their the 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 works for the award. The way we've approached it is we will be alternating years, fiction and nonfiction, and you know if we look at fiction, I mean fiction. Includes all fiction is defined as prose, poetry, and drama. Nonfiction is defined as histories, biographies, memoirs, journalism, essays. So again, it's a wide it's a wide net. This first year we will be looking at fiction, meaning prose, poetry, and drama, Uh, and then next year we'll be looking at nonfiction. And this way you're able to get both categories. You're not throwing a whole bunch of books in in one pot and asking a jury to make a decision on, you know, various, uh, you know, types of literature. Uh, And hopefully, you know, by alternating these years, we also are able to look at the different type of literature that's out there. Sure. Um, And that you have at least they're all within a certain category.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, that makes it easier for sure. I can I can see how that would be. So we were talking about books then being published in Ukraine. The publishers would be really the ones that would be spearheading this. They would be uh, submitting authors for consideration. That's right. All right. Yeah. I'm speaking with Natalia Feduschak, the Director of Communications for the Ukrainian-Jewish Encounter, about their brand-new literary prize. We'll be right back.
2: This is CHMB AM 1320, Vancouver.
0: Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-a-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook.
1: And back to our interview with Natalia Feduzchak, the director of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, talking about their brand new literary prize. Tell us a little bit about the publishing industry in Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine's a young country, um, just over 25 years old. And before that, of course, the Soviet Union was a different kettle of fish altogether. Um, although there were books published, um, I've read i read a few of them. Um, how has the publishing industry evolved since 1991?
6: First of all, it's just, I think, the quality of writers is for myself as you know just as a book reader i find that the stories that are coming out of ukraine are quite compelling these are stories you know of a, you know a country a nation in transition a country in a way in search of itself a country that is in uh, a state of war and you know here we see some similarities with israeli writing where mm-hmm you know, it's a country that, that daily, you know, sort of struggles for its independence and fights for its independence,
5: mm-hmm.
6: you know, and Ukraine having this war experience, we see that experience voice in the writers, you know, but we also, you know, we also see a very inquisitive group of readers, you know, people who are reading about the outside world. And so you see, you know, actually from my perspective, very quickly, you know, some of the the works that ha- are widely known in the West, eventually they end up being published here. Uh, what I find really interesting is that you also have sort of this group of uh, Central European, Eastern European writers that you can read here. I'll find literature that for me is quite interesting in the Ukrainian language that I won't necessarily find in the English language, and that includes European writers, uh, you know that maybe their works—or not all of their works—have found their way into English. You know, they, the publishers, from what I understand, are not so happy to share all of their sales figures and their. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's still, yes, it's still a very nascent industry here.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Uh, but with, you know, with this prize again, you know, we look at we look at a fairly a specific topic, um, you know, the Ukrainian-Jewish relationship. Right. Uh, At the same time, from the applications that we've already gotten, I have to say I'm really surprised at the depth and the breadth of works uh, of the applicants, you know, that I would have never thought of, you know, in magazines, plays that have been published. And so, you know, I think that there's certainly more out there that I'm aware of.
1: On the topic of Ukrainian-Jewish relations.
6: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because you tend to think, you know, I mean, you have, you have what, seven, eight very big publishers here. And, you know, what I'm finding is you have some of these smaller uh, publishers are uh, sending me queries, you know, could it be submitted for the book prize? So I, I think, you know, there's more out there perhaps than we
1: even know of. Interesting. And that's great to hear. Uh, that that this is um, your front and center for a lot of people and the, top, the topic itself is not forgotten. It's not overlooked. It's not ignored by any means. And we were talking about then these books being published in Ukraine, in Ukrainian. Will they be translated into other languages and distributed outside the country?
6: Well, you know, we, you know, it's, the, the, we got to, you have to get through the first year of this prize. Um, You know, my hope is, is that uh, the books that we see or the works that um, are submitted, or certainly whoever wins the award, that we will eventually see some of these works in the English language. Because, you know, and this is something you and I talked about before, is, you know, Mm -hmm. I find it very exciting. It's a country that is in... Uh, transition that, you know, Ukrainians are still building a state. Sure. So there is sort of this experimentation. And that experimentation is within the, um, you know, the cultural sphere, the, the literary sphere, the artistic sphere, and how creative people approach that. In a way, they are helping forge how future generations see their own country. How do young citizens of Ukraine see their country today? How do they feel within this country today? Where do they see themselves fitting in in a more global environment? Who are we as people? So within literature, I see a lot of that experimentation taking place. You know, again, against a backdrop in what is not a very easy political, economic, or global situation today.
1: No kidding. I mean, with rising anti-Semitism around the world, it, it is a difficult topic to, to broach.
6: It's, it's interesting because Pew Charitable Trusts, I believe it was last year, had done a study of how, how Europeans felt about Jews. And, you know, it turns out that Ukraine has turned out to be the most tolerant mm-hmm. uh, nation. And that's a really important, you know, that says something about this country and how uh, its people are uh, developing and how they see their own history and how they see the outside world. And uh, certainly when these works, you know, come in, the the application period The submission period open on January the 16th, it closes on March the 16th, we'll get a big sense, I think, within that period of time, and then having an opportunity to look through the works that have been submitted, get a more in-depth look, again, at how writers and publishers see the Ukrainian-Jewish relationship, quite specifically that
1: relationship. That will be very interesting. Have you had any reaction yet? Uh, well I guess uh, I've got a 2.2 que- prong question here is um have you what is the reaction has there been a reaction is is it known outside of Ukraine by Jewish writers in Israel other parts of the world and uh, what has been their reaction to Ukrainian literature on this topic have you had any
6: I mean, for this specific prize, I've heard from Ukrainian writers who are working with colleagues in Israel where they're you know perhaps translating Israeli poetry into Ukrainian mm-hmm. or they have or they want to know if they can you know if they can submit a book, then that needs to come from the publisher. um it's still very early sort of within this th- this process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the more time that goes on and and the further down the road we get not only in the, the submission and then consideration phase of this book prize, I think we'll have more of an idea after we actually then award the winner for the first year. Sure. And I think we'll get a sense of an answer to some of the questions that you and perhaps others have so far. The response that I have gotten Uh, both in email and just in people, you know, saying that this is a wonderful initiative and it's really good that this type of prize will be taking place in Ukraine Mm -hmm. for Ukrainian literature.
1: Great. And what about the Ukrainian literature itself? Have you had any feedback from Jewish communities uh, around the world in Israel?
6: For the prize itself, no.
1: No. But for literature, though, the literature that's been coming out of Ukraine on this topic.
6: Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that when I have traveled to Israel, I think, first of all, Israelis still know not that much about Ukrainian literature. When they get to know it, they are fascinated. Oh. Um, and what I have heard from Israeli writers and poets themselves, they say, we want to know more about Ukrainian writers, Ukrainian literature, past and present.
5: Hmm.
6: Um, and I think that that is, you know, that's a bridge that you, you see the first steps of that bridge mm-hmm. taking place. But that is something that's built upon. You know, we, we are one of the supporters of Meridian and Shertovets, the international poetry festival that hmm. takes place in Shernivzi. And for a number of years, the the organizers have brought in israeli poets and that po- their poetry has been then translated into ukrainian and it's amazing to see the feedback of the young and it's a lot of young people who will go to this poetry festival and they listen to to the poetry that's being read and you know this is something that's new for people and they appreciate it and so I think that you know these are bridges that still need to be built. It's in a nascent stage, but at the same time, if we look at Ukraine and Israel, certainly on a political level, you have very strong ties, and you know culture it has its own life and its own pace, mm-hmm. and same for you know for literature.
1: Interesting as you're describing what's going on there our worlds are so different in Europe and here in North America I mean going to a poetry festival like who does that right but in Ukraine you're just talking about this great this one in Chernihiv that is huge and draws a lot of people and they think on a different level um I guess politically and socially culturally and I find that that is fascinating. I think something that we can learn in North America. Maybe we can, you know, broaden our perspective. If you go to a poetry uh, festival, this is deep. This is a lot deeper than just mere entertainment. So that's interesting.
6: Well, you know, in the view of it, the book form, in, you know, they'll have poetry readings late at night and, and the room is packed. Hmm. I am not necessarily a person who grew up appreciating poetry to the extent that I should have. But as I have gotten older and as I've, you know, listened to Ukrainian poets, uh, listening to their poetry and just getting to know some of the writers here, I have such a a different appreciation, certainly. And I can understand, you know, the pull that poetry can have. Hmm. And so the fact that Ukraine still has poets, and poets that have an impact, that have a societal impact, is very important, I think.
1: Indeed, yeah. Well, thank you for for sharing your thoughts about poetry and the information about this new literary prize. And um, I think listeners will be I'm interested to track the progress of this literary award. So you say that the entry period for writers and publishers to submit entries is from now until March yes. six, March 16th. Okay. And then after that, we'll have a initial group of individuals
6: who will go look through to ensure that these works fall within those criteria. And then books will go to a final jury who will make a determination as to, um, the winner of the prize. And we will have two honorable mentions, you know, you want to encourage good writing and good literature. So, yeah, so this will be certainly a learning process for me, Mm -hmm. but I, we're following fairly well-established rules and, you know, I feel very fortunate because there are many people that, that you can turn to and ask questions.
1: Right, yeah. Um, Good to have experts on your team for sure. <laughs> that's right. So the the award will be?
6: The a winner will be announced at Tel Aviv Book Fair uh, in September.
1: Okay. And well, then
6: we'll have a small break and it'll begin again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the second go around, you'll have experience. <laughs> that's right, yes. Well, super. Well, thank you so much, Natalia, for your time explaining what it's all about and giving us a bit of insight into the actual publishing industry in Ukraine. That was just great. So uh, good luck with the planning and and look forward to the next step, finding out who the winner is at the next Levy of Book Fair. Yes. Thank you. I was speaking with Natalia Feduschak, Director of Communications for the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. For more information about their new literary prize, visit their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Until next time, Shalom. is Corinna from the Eastern United States, and sounding very klezmerish there with a song called Tarantali Tanzok or a folk dance, and Corinna, as you no doubt have figured out if you didn't know already, translates as roots. Great name for a group, Corinna. Coming up next is a group from Winnipeg called Shum, and Shum is a word for the sound that the wind makes. And unfortunately, the group is no longer together as Shum, although uh, the members have been um, dispersed. They're still on the Ukrainian music scene in Winnipeg, making great music. I think uh, a lot of them are with Sluhai High now. We'll have to catch up with them someday soon and find out. Meanwhile, here they are from uh, their second CD, Shum's second CD. Um, it's fun to be Ukrainian, sounding very mellow. Tisha Novkruheh. Silence all around. for you there with a medley of Ukrainian dance tunes and that is from a CD put out by Sunshine Records in Winnipeg and the album was 24 Golden Hits Volume 2 I think of about 20 <laughs> again that was Wally Nash with a dance medley You've been listening to Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, you can visit us online at www.nasholos.com to find transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Holos podcast and information about the show. And there's also a link there to our Patreon site where you can support our work if you like. Nagamel vsekinchili naše programy v vsech chasty domovi skazati do pobachenia ala Petermia khochezala scheto vas te slovami mudrostya. Jak te kravec, to ne sidaj na shevsky stelets. And our proverb of the week translates as if you are a tailor, don't sit on a cobbler's bench. Very good advice in many ways. Well with that we've come to the end of our program, so we'll wrap things up with another with a group from Edmonton called the Playboy Band and Freddy's Colomeka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM thirteen twenty. Thanks for listening and Dobranich.
0: Вчора аж до раня лі поспікорела, балам я це на пергоні про те, що спіла. А їхав я вену бігав дику коповать, а там пана гінчено як вище А мене там давала я похродував. А я її na не вона торовала, як зачала торувати без умробетки, а я душі я і зачатку і
5: купетка.
4: Попит переона
0: сего нема, вона трошка п'яна була, ку можна тай й забула, де переході і шукає, ку можна тайне дбає.